What is going on, everybody? Hope everybody enjoyed all of the football, all of the NFL football games for week two. Week two is almost in the books. We've got our Monday night game tonight for Monday night football. Green Bay Packers going against the Detroit Lions. But we had some exciting games in week two, as is per the usual. This is the week two recap episode. We had a lot of injuries that we're going to cover on Wednesday when we do the injuries and fantasy football episode, Uh, but we're going to do a recap. My picks for this week did not go too well. I don't know if you guys took my advice, but if you did, you probably lost money, which I sincerely apologize for, but I always bet. I make my own bets. I tell you guys what I think, and I made my bets, so I lost too. So let's start with the recap. And let's get going on recapping some of these great games that we had in week two. So to start it off, the Bears beat the Cincinnati Bengals 20-17. to Justin Fields entered the game. Andy Dalton injured. Uh, he came out of this game. Uh, reason why I don't want to do injuries and kind of get too far into the injuries on the recap episode is I want to wait a few days. Uh, if we wait nap for all the way through today and all the way through tomorrow, we're going to have more more clear and concise info on how these how long these players are going to be out, what the severity of their injuries are, and if they could possibly even come back in the next week or what that length of time is. So so Andy Dalton comes out of the game replaced by Justin Fields. Andy Dalton had uh, 56 yards passing, one TD, no picks. Then he got injured. Justin Fields comes in 60 yards, zero TDs, and one pick directly to a linebacker. Joe Burrow, on the other hand, not a very good game for him. He had a very good week one uh, against the Minnesota Vikings. However, week two didn't go too well for him. 207 yards. Jamar Chase had another touchdown. So those two did connect, which is good for all the Bengals fans out there, seeing those two having some chemistry out on the field. 207 yards passing for Burrow. Two TDs, three interceptions. Very interestingly enough, One of them right directly to Roquan Smith. Almost a similar interception that Justin Fields did also throw as well. The Bears' defense, I noticed in this game, took a big step forward. They looked really bad against the Rams. They looked old. Uh, This opponent, not as good as the Rams. However... They did their they did the job they needed to do uh, and they came out of here with a victory. So the Bears are one and one. Bengals drop to one and one as well. All right, the Browns defeat the Houston Texans 31 to 21. Tyrod Taylor gets injured in this game. They think it's a hamstring. Not sure yet. We'll see what happens after tomorrow. We'll have some more some more info on that. Tyrod Taylor, 125 yards passing, one TD, zero picks, replaced by the rookie Davis Mills. Interestingly enough, even with Houston needing a quarterback, are they going to bring Deshaun Watson into this game? And if they do, how is that going to go? Because... They the league has not suspended him because they haven't had to. Houston does isn't gonna play him. And he said that he doesn't want to play, but what if he actually does want to play? What if he co- goes up to their head coach, David Culley, and says, Hey coach, I want to play? Like, how do they handle that? I would be very interesting. I don't even know what I would do in that situation, to be honest with you. All this lingering stuff about what he did or did not do with these massage therapists, whether or not the, how the court cases are going. 
a lot of that stuff with Deshaun Watson came in hot and then kind of fizzled out in terms of like people talking about it via social media on any of the recap shows, any of the radio shows, any podcast. Nobody's really talking about Deshaun Watson right now, and he's not really talking either. So it'd be very interesting to see what their response to him wanting to play in the game is. And God forbid something happened to Davis Mills, the rookie who came in and played Nah, not too good, but not too bad either. What hap- What if something happens to him and the only person left to play quarterback on the roster is Deshaun Watson? Very interesting to see what they do with that. But Davis Mills, 102 yards passing, one TD, one very ugly interception. Houston, the Houston Texans look a lot better than I think a lot of people were saying going into the season. And honestly, they didn't play too bad against a Browns team that came out and did exactly what the Browns typically do. Baker Mayfield, 213 yards passing, one TD, one pick. Did get dinged up in that game. We'll see what the severity is of that, but he got dinged up as well. There was a lot. I know I already said it, but there was a lot of injuries. And weird enough, a lot of them were quarterbacks. So we'll see what comes comes of the, some of these injuries, but we'll see if Baker's going to be good to go. Uh, and But he did get the victory against the Houston Texans, so they did their job on this one. Browns get their first win of the year, even though it should be their second win because they should have beat the Chiefs. Nick Chubb, 95 yards rushing, one TD. Him and Kareem Hunt had a typical day. They had about 140 yards rushing as a team, which is typically what they want to do, and they don't want Baker Mayfield throwing the ball 50 times, which he did not do. So the Browns did do exactly what they did, and also I did tell everybody to take the Texans plus the points, and you they definitely did cover. Moving on, the Rams beating the Colts 27-24. Matt Stafford had a decent day, 278 yards passing, two TDs, one pick. Cooper Cup, also a great day, uh, nine receptions, 163 yards, and two TDs. Beautiful pass from, from him to Stafford that I saw uh, while I was scanning the games on the NFL Sunday ticket. So, um, great day for them. The Colts need to figure out what the hell their team is. They could not rush the ball. Jonathan Taylor didn't do basically anything. Carson Wentz dinged up in this game. 247 yards, one TD, one pick, replaced by Jacob Eason, who did not look that good, even though he only came in, only had five pass attempts, 25 yards and a pick, very ugly pick at the end of the game, which Jalen Ramsey picked off and pretty much sealed the deal. I went Rams money line. I didn't think they were going to cover. So I was correct because they did not cover the three and a half. So if you took my advice on that one, you're good. Also, Michael Pittman Jr., great game for the Colts. Uh, The Colt wide receiver, great game for him. I knew I should have picked him up in fantasy, but then I didn't. So I'm kind of pissed about that. He was available. uh, I think about the eighth or ninth round he was available, and I went with – Corey Davis instead of him. So could work out for me in the long run, but we'll see what happens. The Rams were really balanced. And if they continue to stay balanced and can run the ball more than people expect them to based on the fact that they lost Cam Akers, they have uh, Daryl Henderson, and they just picked up Sony Michelle, which they did basically split carries. Now, it wasn't a true split. Michelle came in later in the game 
for them to try and run the clock out at the end of the game, which is where most of his 10 carries came from. But they had a pretty decent day, and if the Rams can stay balanced and their defense doesn't get any injuries, the Rams are going to be a force to be reckoned with for the rest of the season because Matt Stafford looks good, and he looks like he's got chemistry with a lot of these wide receivers on the, on the Rams team. Moving on, embarrassing loss for the Miami Dolphins. Buffalo Bills beat them 35 to nothing. Tua exits this game with a rib injury. No idea what's going on with that, but he did not come back in the game. Only had four pass attempts. While he was 104 for 13 yards, no picks, no TDs. Replaced by Jacoby Brissett, the, the veteran who played for the Colts for a while. He didn't have that good of a day. 169 yards and an interception, no touchdowns. And the sad, the most sad part about this game is that the Bills played absolutely terrible uh, in terms of what they wanted to do in this game, and they still won 35-0. It was, it, it was the craziest thing ever because I looked at the stat lines. I was going through the stat lines on the, on the bottom of ESPN, and it, did, Josh Allen, 179 yards total pass yards. Two TDs, one pick. Stephon Diggs, four catches, 60 yards in a TD. And Devin Singletary had some garbage time, ridiculous garbage time yards. 13 carries for 82 yards and a touchdown, which typically the the Bills don't do anything in terms of running the football. So, listen, if the Bills can play that bad and beat the Dolphins, that means that is looks way worse for the Dolphins. Dolphins had a really bad day. It looked like after Tua exited that game, it looks like they stopped trying and could not figure it out. So I would be scared if I was a Miami Dolphins fan because I have no idea how this team is going to try and see if they can bounce back from this. This is almost worse than what Green Bay did in week one against the Saints. They they could not build anything. They cannot run the football. They, they, they couldn't get anything in terms of team chemistry going so that they could put points on the board. It just, it, they looked like they gave up, like straight up just gave up. All right, moving on. The Patriots defeat the Jets 25-6. to Here we go again with Bill Belichick beating rookie quarterbacks. Made The Patriots made Zach Wilson look like a high school football player. He looked terrible, throwing really bad picks. Zach Wilson, 210 yards, no TDs, four interceptions. So the whole Bill Belichick against rookie quarterbacks, He's 100% on with that because he, the defense of the Patriots embarrassed the New York Jets, who are competing for the worst team to be the worst team in football right now. Mac Jones, pretty steady, steady day. 186 yards, no TDs, no picks. A lot of those were checkdowns. It was your typical Bill Belichick. I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna call plays to the running backs, get the running backs involved. Um, Damian Harris, 16 rushes for 62 yards and a TD. James White had 65 total yards, 45 receiving yards, and 20 rush yards with a rush TD. And honestly, it's hard for me to pull anything positive out of this game for the Jets. The one thing I did notice that I wanted to bring to light here is Michael Carter got a lot more touches in this game, and I drafted him in fantasy. He looked really good coming out of North Carolina. Him and Javante Williams both got drafted this year. Javante Williams, obviously, for the Denver Broncos. And once we get to that game, he got some more touches as well. Uh, There's a lot of split backfields for carries this year, so it's not very good for fantasy. Good to see for, for actual football game statistics because these rookies are, are good, and I'm glad they're getting more touches. 
Uh, Michael Carter's better than every running back on that team on the Jets right now, so it's good to see him. He had fifty uh, over fifty yards rushing, thirteen carries. So he did. He 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 performed better than I expected considering week one. I think he had five yards total or five carries total. Sorry about that. Um, but we'll, we'll see the, the Jets just need to, they're, they're so decimated by injuries. I don't even think that there's a way for them to bounce back to get even mediocre for the rest of the season. So we'll see what, uh, it looks like in terms of Zach Wilson's projected advancement in terms of his skills in the NFL. But that team's a disaster right now, and if you're if, if you're asking Zach Wilson to put this on his shoulders, he's going to end up getting hurt like every other quarterback that got hurt this week. All right, the game that I watched live because I'm from Pennsylvania, and that's what was on Fox to watch. The 49ers beat the Eagles 17 to 11. Very surprising that this was a defensive game, but it was. I'm not gonna lie to you. Very good game to watch if you like watching defense. If you like watching offense, this was definitely a game you would you were you were turning you were getting the clicker and turning it off. So Jimmy G 189 yards passing, one TD, no picks. Debo Samuel, good day today. Six receptions for 93 yards, no TDs. Jimmy G also had a rushing touchdown in this game. It was a 7-3 at halftime, and I don't think anybody scored in the third quarter. So that was 10 total points through three quarters. So if any of you guys hammered the under, you guys are you guys made some money because there that wasn't even touching. And if you alternate spread the under or took like an alternate under, that that would be even the better bet because you probably made some pretty decent coin on that one. Jalen Hurts, 190 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, even with a 91-yard pass. That was not a touchdown. They tried the Philly special again for an epic disaster. Uh, did not work this time, so Nick Sirianni, good try, but uh, that did not work. So that it was kind of embarrassing to watch because you made that amazing play look terrible. Uh, back to Jalen Hurts, 10 rushes also for 82 yards and a rush TD. No pass TDs for him, but he did get in the end zone on the ground. Quez Watkins, not Sammy, Quez Watkins, one of their rookie wide receivers, two catches for 117. He was the one who caught the 91-yard pass from Jalen Hurts. The, the, thing that I was, the thing that I took most away from this is that the Eagles are better than what we thought they were which is good for all the Eagles fans out there. And it should be promising to see that Jalen Hurts is a better throwing quarterback than what everybody thought he was. So very good for them. They did have some injuries as well on the defensive side of the football. We'll get into those on Wednesday when we do the injury podcast. But um, no Trey Lance in this game. So no Trey Lance did not enter the game at at all. I watched from the first snap all the way through the game. Did not see Trey Lance. I don't even think he ever put his helmet on. So I don't know if that was a Kyle Shanahan idea. I didn't know if maybe they just didn't get to a point where they wanted to use him. Nothing set up right the way the game was going. But it was kind of interesting to see Trey Lance last week. He was in for a few plays. I think it was about five. It was between five and seven plays, and this week, not even once did he step on the field. So, they went a hundred percent with Jimmy G. But the Philadelphia rookie weapons also. So Kenneth Gainwell didn't really do much. Devontae Smith had two two catches for sixteen yards. I know because I started him in fantasy over James Robinson. 
not a very good idea on my part, and it definitely didn't work out, but I guess I'll learn next time then to do that. Next, the Raiders beat the Steelers 26-17. to Derek Carr had a game. Listen, Derek Carr, it came out this season, and he is not messing around. He looks great, and the Raiders team looks amazing too. Derek Carr, 382 yards passing on 76% completions, which is good for very good for him. Two TDs, zero picks. Henry Ruggs had five catches for 113 and a touchdown. Big Ben had a decent day, just under 300 yards passing. And Najee Harris, 81 yards total with a TD. 38 rush yards, 43 receiving yards. The touchdown was a reception. It doesn't seem like he's going to be able to get them through the hurdle of them not being able to run the football. That's two weeks in a row that they were kind of held in check. Not really having a good beginning of the year for him. Uh, but it looks like he's he's going to be um, at least improving throughout the season. The Steelers are going to continue to struggle unless they can run the football. That's just basically like, it's football 101, especially for them. So, I don't know. The I like the way the Raiders look, and their defense is playing amazingly right now. Can they keep it up, though, especially in that division? We're seeing the Broncos come out hot. We're seeing the, the Chiefs did lose on Sunday Night Football. We'll get to that game in a minute, but that division looks strong, almost as strong as the NFC West. So, the AFC and NFC West are the two strongest divisions right now, I think. Listen, if the Raiders can continue to play that way, the Raiders have not been relevant for years. And if John Gruden finally turns this team around, even though it took them how many years of this 10-year deal to do it, it's going to be great for that city, for for Vegas. And I know a few, uh, I have a few close Raiders fans too, so it's good for them as well. Shout out to the Raiders fans. All right, we just talked about the, just mentioned the Broncos. We'll go there. The Broncos beat the Jaguars 23-13. Even though the Jags scored on their first drive, Teddy Bridgewater had a day. 328 yards passing, two TDs, zero picks. Cortland Sutton, nine catches for 159 and no TDs. Tim Patrick and Noah Fant caught both Teddy Bridgewater's TDs. Great. I told you, Steady Teddy. We talked about him a bunch in a few other podcasts. He's not going to lose you games. And if your receivers are going to get open against a piss poor Jags defense, he's going to exploit you. And that's exactly what happened. I would love to have Teddy Bridgewater back on the Minnesota Vikings, by the way. That will be the last game we cover, and I will get my little rant off. So don't worry, guys. In a few minutes, you'll hear me rant about the, about the Vikings. Trevor Lawrence, not a good day for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, For the number one overall pick as well as the number two overall pick, uh, Lawrence and then Zach Wilson as well, not good days from them. Lawrence had 118 yards passing, one TD, two picks, found Marvin Jones Jr. on the only TD pass that he had. Uh, Marvin Jones had six catches for 55 yards and a TD, and that was their leading receiver. Trevor Lawrence had two rushes as well for 14 yards. I I think Urban Meyer is just tanking this team. I don't know why. I I, I don't believe that a, a NFL football coach, which granted mostly he was in college, I don't think that anybody would have the ability to actually tank on purpose, but I feel like Urban Meyer has to be considering that this team looks embarrassing. 
They looked crappy on defense. Their offense doesn't look good. They actually got James Robinson into the game this week, which is amazing. Uh, on the one day, on the the week that I don't start him in fantasy, but I don't know what they're doing, and their team is bad. I just hope that the crappy decisions that Urban Meyer continues to make on the on the field, like in his coaching decisions, does not get Trevor Lawrence hurt or impede any of his progress as an NFL quarterback, because that's exactly what it looks like. Uh, there was a shot on the side of the, on the sideline. Trevor Lawrence looks not even close to amused. Nothing is happening. The offensive line's not blocking. They're not making any plays. The defense isn't is is on the field constantly. It's just it just looks like a disaster, and it it looks like it's continuously getting worse. So we'll we'll keep an eye. I, I would not. The, Urban Meyer's already quit once. I, I wouldn't put it past him to to get to start zero and six and just be like, listen, I'm done, and just give up on the team. I I would not put that up past him at all. I would not. All right, the Buccaneers destroy the Atlanta Falcons 48 to 25. This game was a 28 to 25 game. The Falcons had the ball but were down by 3 with 10 minutes left and Tom Brady just said, "Uh-uh, done." Brady's 276 yards passing, five touchdowns, zero picks. He has nine touchdowns through two games. Mike Evans and Gronk had two touchdown catches each, which is good to see from Mike Evans. I knew he was on my list last last week for t- players I don't trust in fantasy. Well, if any of you listen to me, I'm sorry because he had a decent amount of of statistics to, for fantasy this week. Five catches, 75 yards, and two touchdowns. Gronk had a pair of touchdowns as well, like I just said, and Chris Godwin had one for for Brady's five touchdowns. Matt Ryan looks terrible. 300, 300 yards passing, a lot of it's garbage time yards, two TDs, and three interceptions, two of which were pick sixes by the same player on the Tampa Bay defense, which is kind of embarrassing. One thing I will take away, there's two positives that I take away from the Falcons right now. They're, they're, they're going to be a bad team. Their defense looks bad. Their offensive line is terrible. But two things that I take away, Cordero Patterson looks like he's going to be good for them. He had one uh he had a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown. Looks like he did back in Minnesota when he was the gadget guy. He wasn't a, a, a car, car, sorry, categorized as a running back. He was a gadget guy who could also be a receiver, return punts, return kickoffs. So he looks like he's going to be good for them and it's a, a change of pace for them on offense to see if they could get something done and maybe squeeze out a W. But you know who else looked good in this game? Kyle Pitts, which is good. I'm not really worried about Calvin Ridley as much. I know that he's good. He doesn't have to really prove anything. But Kyle Pitts didn't look too good in the in their first game against the Eagles. But Kyle Pitts looked good. He led the, the team in, in reception yards. So, I mean, I, I like the way Kyle, I loved Kyle Pitts when he came out of Florida. And I was really hoping that they were going to put him in a position to, to be successful. It's looking like Julio Jones and the Titans are getting the best out of that trade uh, rather than the Falcons who thought they could replace Julio Jones with Kyle Pitts. But we'll see if he continues to grow as a player and see if he can get even more production on that team, even though the team themselves is looks like they're going to go downhill. It's looking like they're going to go 3-13, and 13, possibly worse. Next game. 
The Cowboys beat the Chargers 20-17. I was 100% sure this game was going to go over the total, which it did not. I have no idea how that's even possible. But Dak Prescott completed almost 90% of his passes, 237 yards, passing, zero touchdowns, one interception. Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott both had a rushing TD. And CeeDee Lamb led the team with eight catches for 81 yards. Justin Herbert, just a few errant throws, got him interceptions. He was having a good, a decent game as well. They just, they did what the Chargers did last year every time they were in a close game, and for some reason they lost it. Herbert had 338 yards passing, one TD, two picks. Keenan Allen, four catches for 108 yards, and Mike Williams with Herbert's only touchdown throw. Seven catches, 91 yards, and a touchdown. So the Cowboys defense did enough. Now, am I is is that gonna tell is that gonna make me say, oh, the yeah, Cowboys defense is good now? Absolutely not. I did see something interesting though when I was watching the game. Micah Parsons was lining up at defensive end. I really like that for him. I don't think when I was watching week one. Uh, the Thursday night opener against the Bucks. When he was playing middle linebacker, he just looked like he was getting lost on plays, which almost means like maybe it's too much for him. Maybe maybe he was just nervous in his first game. I don't know. It could be a combo of both. But moving Micah Parsons to defensive end is really not a bad idea, and I kind of like it. Uh, he's great at rushing the passer, strong individual. He's going to get around most of these offensive tackles, maybe not against – the top three offensive tackles, but he definitely could be could cause some major problems for offensive lines, especially in the NFC East. So I like what I saw from from him at defensive end. I just think that the Chargers need to polish up a little bit, and it almost seems like their defense gets hurt so much and in so many years, they don't know how to play healthy. It's like they've come everything now they're used to having a third string corner in or a third string gar um nose tackle in or a third string linebacker in because they have so many injuries on the defensive side of the football for the past 5 years and if you didn't if you haven't noticed that a lot of people don't watch the Chargers I mean depending on where you're from or if you're a Chargers fan but they've had a lot of injuries and if they can figure out a little to play a little bit better on defense, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with in the AFC. All right, the game that I turned off because I thought it was over when it actually was not over. The Titans beat the Seahawks in overtime 33-30. to um, Randy Bullock with the winning field goal kick. Ryan Tannehill had a day. Derrick Henry had a day. This game was all offense. 100%. Honestly, I saw it kind of saw it coming and I definitely picked the over in this game. So, kudos to me and anybody else who bet on that. Ryan Tannehill 347 yards, no TDs, no picks, but a lot of yards. Derrick Henry 35 carries, 182 yards, three touchdowns to go along with six catches for 55 yards. Huge fantasy day for Derrick Henry. Huge fantasy day. So anybody who started him, kudos to you. Julio Jones has a game, six catches for 128 yards, no touchdowns. Other side of the football, we got Russell Wilson, 343 yards, 
passing, two TDs, zero picks. Chris Carson added two rushing touchdowns, even though his yardage was very low with 31 yards total rushing. And Tyler Lockett, leading receiver, eight catches, 178 in a TD. Tyler Lockett is lighting up fantasy football right now. He looks amazing right now. He's. He, I feel like I always watch him for the first th- two weeks. I've, oh, I'm watching him twice a game catch a bomb. He's catching bombs out of nowhere. It was. It's pretty great to watch. Now, DK Metcalf a little dinged up in this game. I think he only had like 40 yards receiving, but Tyler Lockett picked up the slack for sure. We'll keep an eye on DK, and he'll be in the update injury segment, or sorry, in, injury episode uh, that, that I'll drop on Wednesday, but... This game was filled with, uh, the Seahawks were up 24-9 in the second half. I thought that the Titans were dead in the water. I, I turned it off. I was look, I was watching it for a little bit. I turned it off. I thought it was going to be over and the, the Seahawks were going to run away with it. And the Titans came out of nowhere. This is the thing about the Seahawks. Their defense is overrated in my eyes. They, they don't have as many players. This is not the Legion of Boom defense. Like, this is not... This is not the Legion of Boom defense. I have no idea. Jamal Adams, I've, I've gone over Jamal Adams. He's not a good safety. He's a good pass rusher. They should just move him to middle linebacker, honestly, if he's just going to blitz on every play and give up big plays. So I knew that the Seattle defense had the potential to, to, to shit the bed, and I knew that the Titans were going to bounce back after their very crappy performance against the Cardinals in week one, but... This is very impressive for the Titans, and they should. Mike Vrabel should be very happy with the way his team fought back and won this game. And I knew that what we saw in Week One was not the Titans team that we all expected, and what we saw in Week Two was closer to that. And if Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry can figure out how to be consistent enough, Tannehill doesn't have to throw for over 300 yards in a game. If Henry, if Derrick Henry's gonna rush for 182 yards and three TDs and and also helping the pass game as well. So th- their run game builds their pass game. So I don't think we're ever going to see Tannehill have really good pass numbers with Derrick Henry have really bad rush numbers. All right, Sunday night football, the Ravens edge out the Chiefs 36 to 35. I went to bed. I fell asleep early last night in the middle of the game. I think it was just it was after it was in the third quarter at some point but um Mahomes looked good in that game now the one thing that I really noticed is the Ravens shut down Tyreek Hill Tyreek Hill had three catches for 14 yards that's it Travis Kelsey kind of picked up the slack 109 yards on seven receptions and a TD Mahomes 343 three touchdowns and an interception the first interception of Mahomes' career in September, which is very impressive. Also, another stat I heard that it was very impressive. This is the first time since 2016 that the Chiefs have not been in first place in the AFC West. They've been at least tied or in first place since 2016. How impressive is that? That's impressive. But like I said earlier, this division looks good, super good. Broncos looks look look amazing with their, their basically their teams running on their defense, whereas the Chiefs are running on their offense and their defense is is, is subpar, but they're not terrible. Uh, 
big fumble by Clyde, Clyde Edwards Hilaire in this game. Uh, big play called by the Ravens on fourth and one to go for it and not punt the ball back to the Chiefs. Bucker can, can make field goals from 65 yards out. If they punt that ball to the Chiefs, the Chiefs are going to win that game. So it's good to um, it's good to see the Ravens be able to battle in this game. Lamar Jackson had a good night, more so running than passing, but he had 239 yards passing, one TD and two picks. Rushing 16 rushes for 107 yards and two TDs. Mark Marquise Hollywood Brown leads the Ravens in receiving six catches, 113 and a touchdown. Lamar Jackson's only passing touchdown. The Ravens just need to get through and see if they can get these people off of injuries. If they can get these people back that they need on their defense. Now, some of them are out for the year. Some of them are going to be able to return, but they're pretty much their defense is is a little bit worse than it normally is. They lost Matt Judon. They lost a few other players to injury and also to to free agency or what have you. So it's good to see the Ravens coming out and having a good performance against the Chiefs. But if you're a Chiefs fan, I would not overreact to this loss. It's the first time the Ravens have beat you. You put up a decent game. If you do, if Clyde Edwards Hilaire doesn't fumble that ball, you guys win that game. So I mean, if anybody knows about that, I do because of Dalvin Cook's not actual fumble in week one against the Bengals. Well, we should have won that game too. All right, and the Vikings for last. Here we go. Cardinals beat the Vikings 34-33 to because we cannot make a field goal. If I had a dollar for every terrible kicker in Vikings history since I've been a fan, I would be a rich man because not only – did we play amazing in this football game? But we had to lose it at the end. Unbelievable. Greg Joseph, you are now added to the list of terrible Vikings kickers. I cannot believe that you missed an extra point for the game to be tied, and then you missed a 37-yard field goal in the middle of the field. A lot of people are overreacting to Mike Zimmer running too much time off the clock. They were getting down the pass, the four-yard pass to, to Osborne in the middle of the field. We're down to the 19 with 34 seconds left. Zimmer lets the clock run all the way down to four. We kick the field goal and miss it. Listen, I, I'm, a, I'm a Vikings fan of twenty, almost 20 years. I'm used to this. I didn't scream. I didn't yell when we missed it. I just put my head down because I know. I, it sucks. But there's a lot of good to come out of this. There's a lot of good to come out of this football game. Go over the stats quick, and I'll give some more of my take on on the Vikings and then the Cardinals as well. Kyler Murray, 400 yards passing, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Rondale Moore, A.J. Green, and DeAndre Hopkins all had one touchdown each. Rondale Moore leading in yardage with 114 yards. Kirk Cousins, 244 yards, three TDs, no picks. Good, efficient game for Kirk. Uh, Dalvin Cook, 22 carries for 131 yards. He had uh, a few catches as well, two catches for 17. So a pretty decent fantasy day for Dalvin Cook owners. He did not get into the end zone, though. Where uh, Jeff uh, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and K.J. Osborne all had a touchdown each. Listen, this is the way the Vikings offense should run. It should be Kirk Cousins not having to throw extremely large volumes of passes. Dalvin Cook being efficient moving the chains, and Jefferson Thielen and our third emerging third wide receiver, K.J. Osborne, 
all in the mix and being being efficient on the field and being open. So we had a pick six in this game by Nick Vigil. The defense had was thrown a lot. They they were a lot of stuff was thrown at him in this game. Kyler Murray's threat to run the football, all of their amazing weapons on offense. The defense played well. We had two interceptions in this game. Xavier Woods made the other one, our start our starting safety. We had three Daniel Hunter had three sacks on Kyler Murray. The team played well. Now you're gonna look at all this stuff and you're gonna say, oh, the Vikings are 0-2. They're they're done. Listen, I've told everybody at work that we're talking about football, shooting the shit, just talking about stuff. I expected I'm expecting four losses to start the season. Anything better than that, I'll I'll call a win. We got a home game against Seattle and a home game against the Browns coming up in the next two weeks. Those two teams are on fire right now. So we're a butt fumble that's that's not actually a fumble. Dalvin Cook was down. That's not a fumble. It, it, I looked at the replay 14 times, not a fumble, and a field goal away from being 2-0. So I, I'm not reading too far into this. Yes, they're worse than what people expected right now in terms of their record but I I could take out a lot I could get a lot of positives out of this game they played well they played good enough on defense to win the game I know they didn't look like it because we gave up 34 points but Kyler Murray threw two interceptions we sacked them Brashad Breeland looks terrible if I had if I have one problem with anything out of this game the biggest problem besides the field goal kicker it was Brashad Breeland how do you let old AJ? Well, how do you give AJ Brown a ten-yard cushion when they're on the ten-yard line? What are you doing, dude? What are you doing? You're a starting corner. You were a starting corner for the Chiefs. You were their best corner. We pick you up, and now you stink. It's the typical Vikings free agency pickup. All the for all the players, I I could do an entire podcast on all the crappy players the Vikings have signed at the butt end of their career, and they're no longer good anymore. Highlighted by Donovan McNabb. Like, there's so many. There's so, Josh Freeman. There's so many players. So many players they go out and pick up in free agency and then are terrible. It's embarrassing. Dan Bailey. It's it's embarrassing. I'm not even going to continue. Don't worry. If there's any other Vikings fans out there, which I doubt, honestly, that are listening to this podcast, I, I'm not worrying. I'm not selling out on them yet. It, now, if they start 0-6, then I'm selling out. But I'm not selling out yet. And honestly, you can't blame Kirk. Everybody's going to want to blame Kirk Cousins. Honestly, you know who I blame on this? Mike Zimmer and the kicker. More the kicker than Mike Zimmer. You're a professional football player. Make a a kick. You made two 52-yard field goals in this game, and you shank one from 37. It's the the Vikings' curse of kickers. It's it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. All right. Week two in the books besides the Monday night football game. Like I always do, I'm going to give you guys some bets for the Monday night football game, I do not like the way that this is set up in terms of picking the the Lions with the spread, and I don't like the over and under because they're too sketchy, so I went a little bit different on this. If you guys have other bets out there, obviously I would take the Green Bay money line. It's not going to give you much money, uh, but if you want to throw that in a parlay and make your, make your bet a little bit better, uh, uh, Green Bay Packers are going to win this game. Now, I don't know what's going to happen. During the game, because I can see exactly what happened last week where the Lions fought back late. I could see that happening again, but more of like a garbage time thing. So the Green Bay Packers come out hot in the first half, get up by a lot, and then the Lions struggle 
uh, a little bit, but then at the end of the game put up like three random touchdowns in the fourth quarter or something. I can see that happening. Now, two bets that I really like in terms of player props. I really like A.J. Dillon under six and a half yards receiving. A.J. Dillon has not caught a pass, or nor is he the screen back in that game. So I don't see them having A.J. Dillon on the field while they're trying to throw a pass. If A.J. Dillon's in the game, it's because they're already up, and he's going to be running the football with his huge legs. He's going to be running the ball all day, and if they're going to throw it, they're going to bring in Kylan Hill or Aaron Jones. So I, I like I really like that bet. Now, I wouldn't parlay it. I would just take it straight up. It's minus 110, so you put up 10 bucks, you win 19, so you almost, you almost win what you put in. So you can almost double your money. I also really like the over for DeAndre Swift and receiving yards. I think it's at 37 right now. DeAndre Swift is going to have a game because they are going to be playing back from a lot. And Jared Goff is like the check down king. So I like DeAndre Swift's over in receiving yards. I also like the under for Aaron Jones in rushing yards. I think that this is going to be a – they're going to have to exploit the Lions secondary for how bad it is. So I think Aaron Aaron Rodgers is going to have a bone to pick with the play calls, and he's going to call a lot of passes in this game. So I can definitely see Aaron Jones not being able – not running the ball that much. But then again, you also got to think – if they're up by a lot, Aaron Jones isn't going to be the one running. If they're going to try and bleed the clock, it's going to be A.J. Dillon. So the under in Aaron Jones rushing yards, the o- the under in receiving yards for A.J. Dillon, and the over in receiving yards for DeAndre Swift. Those are the three bets I like in this game. I if if you're if you you chained my arm to a pole and made me pick the over unders and the winners, I did already. So I would take the lines to cover. With the 12 and a half, I would take them to cover, and I would take the over. But I don't know. I I wouldn't bet. I don't feel as confident with that as I do with the player props in this game. So I would do the player props versus that if you are if you haven't bet yet and you're considering it. All right, guys. That's the week two recap. We're going to be back Wednesday in the All In Man Cave podcast. We're going to be back for the injury and fantasy football episode it was great talking to you guys i love it please like share subscribe anything you can do for the all in man cave podcast on wherever you listen to podcasts uh just a few google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, spotify iHeartRadio, wherever you guys listen to podcasts please give everything a listen if you missed an episode or or you you didn't know one existed go in wherever you listen to podcasts and check the feed uh give all the get all the listens i can possibly get uh, and i appreciate you guys uh via word of mouth uh what have you um also great shout out i got a lot of listeners um i used a a, a platform to put my podcast out everywhere kind of consolidates everything makes it a little bit easier especially uploading episodes and and editing videos and stuff but um there's a lot of listeners from a lot of different states out there, so it's pretty pretty cool that uh, to see the breakdown and and from where all you guys listen from and, and what you listen on. So uh, please, 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 uh, if there's an available way for you to write a review or leave a comment on whatever your platform is that you listen to, please do that. 
not only because I, I want to see what you guys think of the podcast uh, and if there's any changes, but I also really want the feedback. I want the feedback of how you like the show, if there's anything you want me to put in it. Uh, start a new episode up if you guys want to hear something specific, but um, we're just going to keep rocking and rolling on the NFL. Uh, right before the, or right at the end of the MLB baseball season before the start of the postseason. We're going to have Tyler back on. We're going to do another MLB uh, episode as well to get you guys ready for the postseason uh, for MLB baseball. Uh, so we'll we'll be doing one of those as well. Uh, and then I'm going to see if I can get a few more guests onto the podcast for you guys. Uh, so we got some more some more uh, people listening than my than my voice every day. But I appreciate you guys listening to my voice. <laughs> I, I love doing it, um, and I love talking about sports. So uh, please write review, and thank you so much. I appreciate it, everybody. And like I always say, until next time, peace.